Thank you and welcome to the High Horror Good Society. Good evening. Good evening. Yes, you have Zach, Kyle, and Kyle. Hello. And this evening we're going to discuss 2010's holiday horror extravaganza, because that's what I wrote down, <laughs> Rare Exports, Ex- A Christmas Tale. Extravaganza. Extravaganza. I just wanted to put extravaganza in the word. It sounds nice. Yeah, I think it has a nice so, ring to it. I, and I it is know. a bit of an extravaganza, it is. if you consider everything that happens in the movie so (laughs) getting right into it here uh rare exports was directed by jamari hillander um he also wrote and directed a 2014 action adventure big game starring samuel samuel l jackson yes samuel l jackson samuel i'm sorry buddy he's like my favorite and i already screwed it up (laughs) Um, so it has samuel l jackson in it Mm -hmm. um and uh he also uh uh did several award-winning commercials oh. in like his native Finland. So nice, yeah. And uh, he also wrote and uh, wrote and directed the movie, obviously. And the movie stars a bunch of Finnish actors, and I'm going to butcher all of their names, but I'm going to read a couple of them here: Tommy Corpella, uh, Pierre Christian Elfinson, Dramar Tama, uh, Tamila, Jonathan Hutchins. That one's easy. Oni Tamila, Risto Sam Salmi, Peter Jacob, and Runo Joven. So not too bad. Not I like too. that. I mean, I, I like that too. So there's a couple, there's two different synopsises and then there's taglines. So I think what was the last movie that we said had the most taglines ever? It was like four, wasn't it? And I was like, wow, I was impressed because that was like one of the, the one of the movies that had the most that we'd covered before. I can't remember the which one had know. a ton of them. Was it demons know. that had like eight or nine? There was a good amount. There was yeah. a good amount. I well, forgot. This one had, it said eight. It's technically only seven because the the last one okay. is like the same thing. It's just like hyphenated. It's weird. So I'm, I'm only counting it as one. I'm not gonna give you a bullshit last, you know, <laughs> eight taglines. What is that? <laughs> All right. Um, but uh, the synopsis is here. So there's two of them. I'll read the short one first, and always the long one, which I'll totally butcher. I'll save for last. So in the depths of the mountains, 486 meters deep, lies the closest ever guarded secret of Christmas. The time has come to dig it up. This Christmas, everyone will believe in Santa Claus. Ooh. Very ominous, Ooh. right? Um, but that doesn't really explain a lot no, about the movie. It's like it has, but it's ooh. Yeah. Uh, so this is the, the second one. Gives a little bit more info. It's the eve of Christmas in northern Finland. An archaeological dig has just unearthed the real Santa Claus. But this particular Santa isn't the one you want coming to town. When the local children begin mysteriously disappearing, young Pitari, or I'm sorry, Pitari and his father, a reindeer hunter by trade, capture the myth, the mythical beast. Be, uh, I'm sorry, the mythical being, and attempt to sell Santa to the misguided leader of the multi-international corporation sponsoring the dig. Santa's elves, however, will stop at nothing to fear their uh, to free their fearless leader from captivity. What ensues is a wildly humorous nightmare, a fantastical, bizarre, polemic, and modern day uh, on modern day morality. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I only screwed up like four times, so <clears throat> it's just a long. It's a long. Yeah. It gets in it's too long. It is too long. So there's a happy medium between the first one and the second one. Yeah. Um, but 
basically the give you the rundown of the story it's about santa claus and santa is actually evil and the american version that we know of him being this holly jolly i think the kid even in the movie says this isn't the coca-cola santa <laughs> yeah. claus that we all know and love this is <laughs> the not. mean fearful kind of like a krampus in a way it yeah. sounded like the story kind of even as... looked like it krampus krampus a little bit in the, True with the, the horns. pictures with the horns and stuff yeah um but this movie actually came out several years before like the krampus craze this came out in oh. 2010 so i don't know exactly when the internet caught Krampus fire. Yeah. That's what I call it when it Krampus, yeah, Krampus fire. fire. Sounds like a terrible STD, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, uh, he's got that Krampus fire. Got that Krampus that fire, Doc. Oh, oh, it's God. burning so bad. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> where, what are we talking about? Taglines. I'm trying to get oh. to taglines. So, anyway, um, basically, it's a movie about an evil Santa Claus. And just like the synopsis said, uh, a young boy and his father end up mistakenly capturing what they think is Santa Claus and trouble ensues from there as they try to sell it to the corporation that funded the dig that was in the mountain range right outside their home. And mm. like it says in the synopsis, hilarity, uh, humorous nightmare hilarity ensues. So, um, so now I want to get to the seven taglines eight, but I'm going with seven. Um, so one of them we just read, uh, the, this Christmas, everyone will believe in Santa. So that's number one. Mm. And, uh, Number two is in 2010, everyone will believe in Santa Claus. Every one of these is a slight variation <laughs> of like, the other one. Uh, number uh, three is this Christmas, everyone will believe in Santa Claus, oh, but man. every word is capitalized. <laughs> <laughs> number four is uh, this holiday season, the real Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know. They're all <laughs> terrible. You could I could just imagine the person had thing to sit down and write all these for all How the different markets different? that the movie had to show in. Yeah. Um number four, I'm sorry, number five, uh <laughs> you thought you didn't believe in Santa Claus anymore, ellipsis. And then number six, from the land of the original Santa Claus, which was actually the yeah, slogan at like the, on the logo at the end. That the one wasn't bad. Original and then Santa. number seven, which is just kind of weird, was falling into a pit. <laughs> and that was repeated twice. That was the one that what? had a number uh, seven and eight was falling into a pit. So I was like, okay, that's a little strange. They just got lazy towards yeah. the end. So yeah, that one is hyphenated. Every word is hyphenated and the other one wasn't. So that was the only difference. All right. Very strange. Hmm. I like <laughs> so, that. <laughs> uh, just jumping into the fun facts now. Um, so the movie is actually based on several short films. Um, the first one came out in 2003, which is titled Rare, Ex Rare Exports, Inc. And the sequel came out in 2005 called uh, Rare Exports, The Official Safety Instructions. Uh, both were uh, written and directed by uh, the director of uh, the Rare Exports Christmas Tale um, and his brother, actually. Uh, so, um, uh, the first short film was made in 2003, as I said, and it costs around $4,000. Hmm. It kind of became like an internet hit. Cool. Uh, have you ever seen it? No. I've watched it. Well, I watched it recently for this, but I've, I've had seen it before. Uh, and it was, it, you know, it holds up. It's a cute little weird little thing. <laughs> it's just kind of the same tone, the same humor as the movie where it like takes itself really seriously. And it's just like. There's no question that these are Santa Clauses <laughs> and we're delivering them. It's kind of the same That's deal. Awesome. I yeah. want to see it now. It, you, you, I think it's like seven or eight minutes and then oh, the okay. second one's like 10 minutes and they're, they're both funny. I think even some of the same actors are in them. Uh, nice. They look very similar. Um, but anyway, uh, so in 2003, uh, Finnish commercial uh, production company Woodpecker Film published the short 
film rare exports online it's available on youtube and i think i watched it on vimeo this morning um and uh, uh the writer uh the director established a uh, a band of three hunters searching in the wilderness wilderness for wild santa clauses and then uh, basically they just like the movie they end up training them and selling mm-hmm. them and what have you so after the positive reception of the movie or this little short film um, the Woodpecker Films put up the money to produce a, a sequel, which was the Rare Exports uh, official uh, uh, safety instructions, which went through a scenario if one of your wild Santas that you bought escapes. <laughs> like, what are you supposed to do that in that cool. situation? Yeah, it was kind of cool. So the director had this to say um, about uh, uh, the the um, the short films okay. and then the p- potential for the third. Mm-hmm. He said, I had this bigger idea of Rare Exports and was trying to make uh, maybe a third short film. But people would tell me that uh, I should make a feature about this. So I started uh, to figure out a script. And it took me four years to do it. And I'm glad I did it now because uh, it's been uh, about seven years now that I've been thinking about Santa Claus. So he's talking <laughs> about, like, you know, the first mo- the first short, the second short, and then now the film. He's been writing films about Santa for seven years, which is – that's a lot for a grown that's adult. That's a lot of yeah, Santa. That is a lot of Santa. That's a lot of Santa. Um, so the film Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale, was produced by uh, Sinet, which is a fin- Finland uh, production company. Oh. Um, it was uh, co-produced with – uh, Prime War Films, which is a Norway uh, film company, and Devage Film, which is a Swedish company, and then Love Streams, Angie's B Productions, which is in France. So everybody had a little bit of something with this movie. <laughs> um, and also with support from the fin- uh, Finnish Film Foundation, Norwegian Film Institute, Film Camp, and Film Pool of Nord. Nice. Dang. Nord. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. a lot of people had a hand in this. I was, cool. I didn't really realize when I was... Uh, researching this, how many different countries and everything had so much to do with this was kind of an interesting, because it's like a little, you know, United Nations sort of uh, <laughs> European film. film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like that. Um, so in 2007, uh, the director uh, introdu- uh, was introduced to the producer, and uh, he gave him the idea for the feature-length film of Rare Exports uh, based on the shorts that kind of already had this cult reputation. And uh, so the companies picked it up, um, and then uh, they started to develop the concept with the director. So, um, And this director had this, this to say about the financing of, of the movie. He said, well, we got the money quite easily. Um, the script was ready. We started shooting in less than a year, which oh, wow. really impressive. That's you pretty know? quick. Yeah. yeah. To, it, you know, it got him. He said he took about four years to put the script together. Hmm. So that's pretty cool that after he got the money together, they started shooting within less than a year of yeah, that. That's great. Um, and he said, uh, we got the money easily because people like the idea a lot. Um, so I was happy that we were able to set it up fast. And um, this is what he had to say about uh, filming a non-friendly, non-family, you know, story about yeah. Santa Claus and like <laughs> how that would like, you know, cause that's something of concern for sure. It's like, you know, you're kind of shitting on the idea of Santa Claus. Like this is a risky venture for mm-hmm. somebody, you know? Um, so, uh, this was kind of cool. He said, no, we were actually very clear with the producer that this is the kind of story that needs to be told just the way I decided to tell it. Of course, there were some money issues and things like that. Meaning I would have, I would have preferred to have done some things differently if I had more shooting days. But apart from that, it was a smooth production and everyone understood that the idea had to be executed just the way I had imagined it. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Yeah. And again, we, we see this often in these movies that we talk about these little kind of indie ones where when the director's kind of left to his own devices he's able to really bring something forth with a lot of passion and 
we saw this with Mandy. Yeah, you know, definitely. it was like so meticulously put together. Mm-hmm. Um, we also saw this with uh, Terrified, like all these little indie films that we've been watching lately. These are the labors of love. And again, you could see this in this movie too. Like, even though the story's kind of silly and it, the humor's kind of, you know, it's not really American humor. It's kind of, it might fall flat with some Americans. Yeah. Would say it it's did a little lame. bit at first. It's very, very dry. Yeah. Extremely very dry. dry humor. <laughs> um, but that's not to say that American audience wouldn't enjoy it. It's just not the type of film you would typically mm-hmm. expect. So it's nice to see that, um, you know, again, they're left to their own devices to make the movie the way they want because, and not make it so it's good for the broader audience and yeah, what have you. Yeah, because so, then it would be really cheesy then. Exactly. Like, to be honest, it would. Yeah, like, when you're trying to change things like that for other cultures and things like that, it just diminishes it. Like, if your audience can't understand that this is a little window, a glimpse into the culture of your where you live, where you grew up, or what have you, then it's maybe not they're not the audience for something like this, which yeah. is fine. That's okay. That's that's why these things happen, right? Um. Uh, so, yeah, they let him do the, the film the way he wanted to, which is always really cool. And then, uh, so in 2009, Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale was in production. And in 2010, it was released simultaneously in Finland, Norway, Germany, the UK, the US, and Australia. Oh, nice. Uh, and it was distributed by uh, that Oscilloscope Laboratories, which we yeah. noted, we noted we saw that logo mm-hmm. in the beginning the of the movie movies. from a couple other films that we watched. So that's uh, maybe a produ- uh, company to watch out for. Definitely into the horror genre. Um, and then... Uh, director had some more to say in this little interview here he said uh, the basic idea of hunting santas and catching them and training them was my little brother's idea Uh, (laughs) and that's what we based the short film on Uh, the feature film idea is based more on finnish folklore about evil santa Uh and it sprung to me it uh, and it sprung to me that americans try to find this evil santa because they believe in a different kind of santa so they come over to pick up on finnish uh finnish history and then they have no idea of what they've come across because they think (laughs) like again the guy's like this is santa you know Mm -hmm. we get to see the santa claus and he ends up being just like this evil monster guy the devil the devil santa the evil santa um so this film is more of like an origin story for the i guess they're prequel shorts and they're only prequels to the short film i guess the short films are only considered prequels just because they came out beforehand Mm -hmm. um but there is a bit of a difference between the shorts and the movie in the the short films they're literally just hunters going out and catching wild santa clauses and okay. they're the wild santas are the elves or whatever yeah um so that and that's what the two short films are about and again the did second they one, ever show santa in those no short films? So they never showed him the like they showed him in the movie okay yeah which they barely even showed him in the movie yeah they just showed him covered in ice yeah which We'll get into that too. We're talking Ooh. a little bit about something additional. Ooh, is a sequel perchance? <laughs> I just wanted to use the word perchance. perchance. Anyway, <laughs> um, so what does he had this to say about the deviation from the short films that this the the feature film had? Uh, he said. Um, uh, when I was writing the script, expanding the story uh, of the two shorts, I had a huge prod, uh, had a huge problem, which was I had so much backstory to tell during the movie. It was so frustrating to be trying to write the script and think now we need this information to come up somehow. Uh, it took me a while to understand that it would be a lot easier to make the story about that backstory. So I figured I'd go that, but it'd be better that way. So again, like I said, it's mm. like the feature film is 
it's it, it happened obviously seven years after the first short film, but it's more of like an origin story of how the hunters came to hunt the elves or okay. the Santa clauses. So if you kind of look at it, the feature film, and then you watch the two shorts after this chronologically, mm-hmm. it'll make sense it'll make to sense. you. Yeah. Cool. Um, I like that. So he had this also to say about like things being lost in translation, which again, we always talk about like the message of the film and things like that. And uh, this was kind of an interesting little tidbit that he had to say. Um, so the, the, the question in the interview was, are, were there things lost in translation? He said, yeah, a lot of things are missing. The way people say some things in the film is not translatable. I actually saw the film in a number of other countries first before seeing the fin- film in Finland. And it was really nice to see that everything I thought that, was funny about the film actually worked with foreign audience as well. Of course, all the main ideas and themes work in all different countries, but there's still that stuff you just can't relate through subtitles. So mm-hmm. that's kind of upsetting, but I mean, that's yeah. just going to happen with the language barrier, yeah. you know? What can you um, do? So he had this to say about uh, an American remake. Apparently there was some talk of having an American remake made oh. just like they did with all those movies, you know, yeah. uh, a lot of the Japanese horror <clears throat> movies, the ring, yeah, um, the, ring. the grudge, uh, what was another one? Uh, let the right one in where it got remade as let me in. They always kind of do these American remakes. Um, he said, there's actually been a lot of discussion regarding a remake uh, and we're waiting to see what happens. I did at some point have this idea that maybe I could do it myself. Um, and that was quite a scary idea. I mean, it would be terrible for me to go and do it and then realize I perhaps killed the spirit or the soul of the original film myself. <laughs> and that would be very, very scary. Yeah. So it's kind of like, no, it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. He's being asked to pick up his baby again and reintroduce, reintroduce it to the world as something else. You know, and it's it's going to be hard. Yeah, to translate it for American audiences. How would you do that? Like, it makes sense that this is the Finnish version of Santa Claus and he's in the Finnish mountain because, like, the whole thing makes sense with the backstory the kids said of how they built the mountain, the people that lived there prior. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of interesting. And just the the point where he mentions about being afraid that he's going to kill the original spirit of the original film is interesting to me. Like, you would think, like, you would wouldn't want anyone else to handle it, but that is definitely a true fear. Yeah. You know? Either yeah, given to someone else to make it awesome or horrible. Yeah. Or you be the one. You be the one to kill it. It's like, oh god, I guess if someone's gonna do it, I might as well do it. And that reminds me of uh the when we were watching The Exorcist Three and the the what the director had to say about that, about how you know, how should I have to film an exorcist scene you know, Fox Studios was like, You have to put an exorcist scene in there and he you know, as we talked, the original version of the film didn't have an exorcist sequence Mm. at all. There was no exorcism in the movie and he's like, Well, if someone's going to fuck up the end of this movie, it might as well be the person who wrote and directed the rest of it. I'll so it. I'll do it. Might as well. And he went through with it and it ended up working. Yeah, Remember the Cobras out. and the fire and the lightning stri- unnecessary lightning strikes. It was a great poster. It was a great poster. It was an awesome poster. I love that fucking poster. Um, so yeah, he was afraid he's going to break his baby for American audiences. And then, um, so you mentioned what happened. They never showed Santa, they huh? Never did. They no, never no, showed no, no. him. Um, so, uh, this had this. Uh, they mentioned this interview, uh, and they're talking about budget for a sequel. And he said, the director said, yeah, perhaps. Uh, but for now, my next movie is going to be totally English language film, mm-hmm. and maybe that will help as well. Um, I'm trying to avoid going to Hollywood just to make some stupid sequel for some film. I'm instead trying to get uh, set up a movie on my own again. Yeah. And that movie ended up being that action movie. Um, that uh, what was it? Jesus, I forgot the name of it. The one with oh. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. I can't uh, remember the name big of game. it. Big game. Big game. Thank you. Yep. 
And uh, this is what he said about Big Game, which made me interested to see it. The poster looked cool. It was like... Yeah, I saw that. It did look cool. I do want to check that out. He said it's something like Home Alone meets Rambo. (laughs) (laughs) With Samuel and Jack. Yeah, so hey, it's basically... uh, Where was the synopsis of the movie? Damn, where did it go on here? It uh, it was basically something about a kid who... um, gets uh somehow has to end up saving the president oh trap yeah and that's something. right yeah. i don't remember damn i wish i <clears throat> i remember reading a little bit about yeah it. oh well <laughs> it does um, sound cool though it does sound cool so yeah maybe we'll get a rare export sequel sometime in the future Hopefully. again this movie was Santa. made in 2010 and it's mm-hmm. 2019 going on now Jesus. so yeah you better get cracking better get cracking <laughs> So, uh, Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale, earned uh, $236,000. Are these awards? No. Oh, fun uh, facts. Oh, sorry. Yeah, fun facts still. All We're right. at the box office uh, stuff. Box um, office. So, yeah, it earned $236,000 uh, in the U.S., and it fared much better abroad, obviously. It made mm-hmm. uh, $3.7 million. Oh, cool. So, total it made $4 million. Um, the budget on the movie was about uh, 1.9 million euros, which equates to about 2.2 million U.S. dollars. Oh, okay. Um, in the U.S., its opening weekend, it made $9,000, limited release. And then so far in the U.S., it's gross, like I said, around 236000 hmm. So, you know, you're not tr- not a true hit with the theater goers. No. But, uh, right. hey, you know, it's on Amazon Prime if you're looking to watch it. Definitely. So definitely. It's a different version of Santa. Yes. And I like that. I like that too. Um, my wife had never I said seen that like reference. I know she was like, "Why does Kyle keep saying that?" And I showed her the clip from The Simpsons that it's from. She's like, "Is that his catchphrase?" I seriously can't stop because I like everything. We're gonna get Kyle shocked. Now there. Ten out of ten. Like, I like that. Ten out of ten. I like that. <laughs> like, buy my book. Ten out of ten. I like that. Jesus Just Christ! Fucking uh, loop. Now you're making me lose my spot here. So uh, I like that. Jeez, you like me losing my spot. Great, thanks. Um, so anyway, back to basics. Here we back go. Fun be- facts. Home media release. So Rare Exports were, was released on DVD and Blu-ray on October 25th, my birthday, uh, 2011. The Blu-ray version includes the two original short films and a variety of featurettes, hmm. such as the making of, the looking at the concept art, explanation of the animatronics and computer generated imagery and the notorious co- notoriously uh compatible feature film santa claus conquers them oh <laughs> yeah santa claus conquers the martians and other extras Whoa. so yeah apparently it's a cool. very similar film yeah so it's compatible with it santa claus yeah um uh the passport number that the guy had um, when oh, they were yes. when they're looking at it was uh, three one four one five nine two six five, which are the first several digits of pi. Yeah. So I saw that. Um, uh, the uh, the one of the Santas also starred in the big game movie. Um, oh. Cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, there it is about a young boy who must go into the wilderness to prove his manhood. During his journey, he comes across the U.S. president, uh, William Allen Moore, played by Samuel L. Jackson, who's trying to evade ki- evade killers. And then Oscar proves his manhood by saving the president. So, um, I'm sorry, Oscar was the one of the young boys. So the young boy uh, I, who was in this movie starred in that big game movie. I apologize. Oh, I thought really? it was one of the Santas. Oh, cool. Yeah, my mistake. Nice. So, yeah, uh, pretty interesting. So... Let's talk about film festivals and awards. Yay! There awards, were a lot of awards. awards. 
there are some awards if I can make. Yeah, this, this movie work. did really well. I had we actually um, no trouble at all finding a ton of information about cool. awards and uh, what like critics just praising this thing. I did have a hard time finding Oopsie Daisies. There's only a couple of them, but yeah, I we'll, got a few as well. Okay, but cool, we'll perfect. Up. Yeah, we'll, we'll, talk we'll get that. there. I'm excited to hear them. Um, so the, the film same ones you have. probably <laughs> so. uh, the film won numerous awards, uh, such as the Locrano International Film Festival's Variety Piazza Grand Award. Hmm. Say that five times fast. I won't. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, it won uh, best motion. Be- uh, God, here we go. Best motion picture, hmm. best cinematography, and best director. Best director, as well as a special mention for the Silver Millis Millis uh, for best European motion picture award at the 43rd Sturgis, uh, Sturgis Film Festival in 2010. Damn. Sturgis Film Festival, yeah. That's pretty cool. That's crazy, right? So best motion picture, best cinematography, and best director, and special mention for a crazy award. I'm not even going to begin to re-attempt huh. to pronounce. Um, uh, the director and the producer both received the Finnish Film State Award for their collaboration. Mm. Uh, the film and crew earned further awards in 2011, uh, nominated for Best Film, uh, for the Jussie Award, it won Best Cinematography, Best Music, Best Sound Design, Best Editing, Best Art Direction, and Best Costume Design. Damn. Yeah, so it was nominated for Best Film, and it won the award for all those others. Uh, the film won the Pegasus Audience Award at the Brussels International Fantastic Film Festival and was nominated for the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Film Saturn Award in the category of Best International Film. So yeah, that's pretty good. So several nominations and awards there. And now we have our musical soundtrack and score. <laughs> there we go. All right. Lay it All on right. us, Kyle. So I did some research. Okay. Same website you do it on. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I pronounce these brothers' names? The, what was Oh, man. Yuri. The last name. Yeah, Seppa. What, Yuri, is that how you say it? Yeah, I Yuri? think it's Yuri. Yuri Seppa and Miska. Miska Seppa. Miska Seppa. Yep. So brothers, they both worked on this uh, film together. They do a lot of film, TV, commercials, video games. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, let's see. So yeah, 2010, they collaborated and worked on this film. Um, let's see. They won the, what's that called? The Juicy Jussie Awards. Oh, you God. said it a little bit earlier. I did say it earlier. It's like the Finnish Jussie Awards. Yeah. Oh, is like it really? Fin- that's what they, they said on here. It's like yeah, the okay. Finnish so Oscars. they won Best Music for that and yep. Best Sound Design, I would imagine. I, well, I, mm-hmm. I don't know who does sound design in film. I would imagine that's maybe I'm not really designer. sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, one for Best Score and all that. Cool. And it was also nominated for Best Score in the Nordic for the Nordic Film Awards. Wow. Music Awards. So. Nice. So... Um, and then they also did work with the big game, with okay. the Samuel Jackson one. Perfect. And then uh, let's see, there was a few other ones they did in 2017. Uh, they did a score for a f- children's film. I cannot pronounce it. Oh man, I'm not even gonna try. Canelia Canaloon and Tattoo Jab. No, not even. Gonna, I don't even know. I'm just um, gonna be. Yeah, let's pretend so they were I never nominated read that. for an award for that. Okay, as a best uh, Finnish score, as well as the best score in that Nordic uh, Film Awards again. Wow. So, and then they also did uh, 2018. They did um, uh, episode or something on Netflix called Dead Wind. It's I guess it's a haunting score for a greatly haunting crime story. Okay. So they got some things out there. They yeah. uh 
they got a I saw their website too that has a list of a lot of other music they've done composers or composing and um yeah it seems like they're, they're doing pretty good for themselves sounds good so cheers yeah. and the, again the score was great and uh, it yeah, was another it fit along with the the film very well yeah so. it did I, again it was almost like it was one of those things where we've talked about again how critical the score is to the movie and like oh, yeah. it helped sell the seriousness of it like it, it did. really some did, of those like, parts yeah yeah because again mm-hmm. like you're not you, the whole time watching this movie. You're thinking like, am I supposed to be thinking this is some type of joke or something? Because everything <laughs> is just so serious. It's so like, dry. It's like you like, said, so dry. It reminded me of like an Adult Swim type of show, like where the humor is just not almost not even there. Yeah, you're you like, know? like what? <laughs> What's going on? But uh, so great. Thank you for uh, covering the music and the yeah. soundtrack. That was awesome. Very interesting stuff. So. Let's get into the oopsie daisies. Oopsie the three daisies. or four of them that I have. I've got a few. Yeah, like I said, it's probably the same as you. But uh, you want to start off, and I'll see if they got the same ones. I'll say one. You say another. Okay. How about that. Let's that see works. if they're the same. All right. After hanging on, <laughs> you already know. That's exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's like worse. Go ahead. After hanging on the net for almost the entire helicopter ride, with bare hands, suddenly. Uh, what is it? Pitari mm-hmm. is wearing gloves. Okay, magic gloves. Well, I mean, it's not out of the realm of question that he had <laughs> some gloves in that jacket. I mean, it was freezing outside. Dude, I would, if I was freezing. hanging from a giant helicopter net thing, I would probably decide, ooh, it's a little chilly. I might want to put yeah. some gloves on. Uh, you know, just yeah. a little bit, <laughs> just a little. You're going like a thousand miles an hour. Like yeah, ten thousand feet in the air. So <laughs> it's probably gonna get cold. Um, I'll read the next one. So uh-huh. Ranyo's uh, hat is blown off his head after the explosion is triggered, but when they arrive at the pen, he's wearing it again. So that could have just been like an editing thing. Maybe they showed a scene where he picked it up and popped it back on, and they sure. just cut that from the film. You know, It's one of those weird things you, you think you're going to keep in, but it's just like an excess. It's just you know when you're looking at the film, it's just excess stuff you could cut from it. Um, so you want to go with the next one? Uh, sure. How many do you have? I have, I have three. I have five. Oh, all right. Yeah. So my last one. Um, when Pitari goes onto the porch of, uh, what's that guy's name? Juso's Jusos. house. He drags his stuffed animal on a string behind him. And the next shot, the leash is suddenly, uh, what is that? Cinched up. Cinched up. And, and the toy is hanging from his knee. Interesting. Near okay. So it's like, yeah. Huh. The toy was... Wasn't I, there? And I always it was. thought that was weird with the toy dog thing. Dude, that too. thing was weird. It's <laughs> just like they never explained. Like I get Why? it. Like it was, it was just sad. I felt so bad for the kid. Yeah. Um. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just felt bad for the poor kid. Poor kid. Um. So this was an interesting little tidbit. They, I, it had it on there that it wasn't wasn't it had it was mistakenly listed as an oopsie daisy. Um, I don't know, but uh, so the area where the movie takes place uh, should be well within the Arctic Circle, and there's still daylight during Christmas, and apparently at that latitude, the sun sets weeks before Christmas and doesn't rise again until after New Year. Mm. However, uh, although the sun does uh, not rise above the horizon during this time, there is still some daylight. It's uh, just uh, not pitch black all day and night. So, yeah, interesting. That's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. It's kind of creepy. Um, and then uh, the last one I have is Pitari and Juso or Yuso um, cut the hole in the fence and are blamed for the, uh, for the wolves getting in and killing the deer. Mm-hmm. But the gate is high enough off the ground to allow wolves to get in anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read that and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it didn't, yeah it was because, just weird. Uh, well, 
<laughs> the fence is so high yeah. that they would need that hole in the fence yeah. to get there. Right. It's just know. weird. I don't know. <laughs> I left I purposely left that one up. Yeah. <laughs> it was just weird. But, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is, again i have to read these before i i can't read them before i watch the movie i should read them before but we went on at nine o'clock ish instead of nine thirty ish yeah so we didn't have time so we rushed a little yeah we did rush a little it's all bit good. i'll have to watch that again so yeah <laughs> okay so anyway uh critical review critical review let's see that oh, i love it little title cards um so the film currently has an 89 percent critic score on rotten tomatoes based on 102 reviews and a 71 percent audience score so it seems the critics like this one more than the audience which is a little unusual for us usually we see it the other way around definitely um it has a 6.7 out of 10 on imdb and uh 71 uh on metacritic based on 18 reviews Hmm. so some pretty glowing overall reviews and I, i could just read a couple of them here for us um one of the best ones that I kind of felt was kind of the best out of the the group that I read. Here was one from Roger Ebert, the late uh, Roger Ebert, obviously. He awarded the film three and a half out of four stars and called it a rather brilliant lump of coal for your stocking and considered it an R-rated Santa Claus origin story crossed with the thing. We talked about that a little bit, how it kind of reminded us with it. Um, He continued that apart from the inescapable fact the movie has Santa and reindeer in it, it's a superior horror film shot spot on uh, a spot on parody of movies about dead beings brought back to life. That we said that with the zombie elves and stuff like that. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. Uh, oh, and the reindeer are dead. He says. Uh, Ebert concluded that this is a fine. Uh, he concluded that this is a fine film, an original, daring, carefully crafted film that never, for one instant, winks at us that it's a parody. In its tone, acting, location work, music, and inexorable mounting suspense, it's an exemplary horror film. Apart from the detail that they're not usually subtitled a Christmas tale and tell and tell a tale about terrifying wild Santas. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of a cool little review. That is a good one. Gives a nice kind of synopsis of the movie. And gives it a nods where it needs to be a nod and again we talked about that it, how it does take itself so seriously and that is like one of the things i like the most about it is like you watch this movie and you're like this is a joke right like yeah. this is a joke but it, it totally is what? but it it isn't at the same time like it's totally and i get why they did that it's total immersion into the the movie you know mm-hmm. like there's no there's no little quips no little like these are fucking Santas. What the hell? You yeah, know, no weird crap like they that. They already knew, like, like, oh, it's Santa. Yeah, there's like, no, for us. there's no character there that's just there to explain everything yeah, to. Like, there's no none of that lazy writing bullshit. It's just like, hey, you're just kind of dropped off in here for the ride. <laughs> Pretty much, um, it starts right away. Like, yeah, just like here's the story. Exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, so critic uh, Kim Newman gave the film four out of five. Uh, says wow. excellent. Um, he praised. Uh, they praised its uh, very black humor and strange mix of revisionist mythology, gruesome horror, and authentic Christmas spirit. It has a gritty, outdoorsy feel appropriate to the exploration of the brutal side of harsh all-male life in an extreme climate. Uh, the director shows suspense, his suspense chops in vintage John Carpenter mode. Again, nod mm-hmm. back to the thing. Yeah. Uh, the scenes with the captured Santa, a grinning creature waiting for the chance to, t- to kill, are good straight horror stuff. And there's effective climactic siege of bearded monsters. Yep. Yep. 
That's about sums it up. And it's one part is bearded naked monsters. Pretty much all bearded naked <laughs> men. I've never seen so much naked <laughs> men penis in one place since grade school, I tell you. Grade school? What? <laughs> what happened in grade school? <laughs> well, you see, I was an altar boy, oh, Father. Oh, God, no. <laughs> father, no. <laughs> but either way, um, the Hollywood Reporter uh, gave uh Described the film as a fiendishly entertaining Christmas yarn rooted in Northern European legend and lore, complete with a not-so-jolly old Saint Nick informed more by the Brothers Grimm than Norman Rockwell. While the richly atmospheric package was wrapped with a healthy dose of rye satire, it's not the me- it's not the of the mean-spirited Santa, bad Santa variety. So the Billy Bob Thornton movie, yeah. bad Santa. Uh, the director shrewdly blends just the right amounts of fairy tale wonder and action movie heroics in this oddball mix to highly satisfying effect. Which again, we we talked about that earlier too. How it's like just the right amounts of the dark humor and slight little nudges to let you know, like, hey, we're joking. But overall, it's you know, it's just a crazy, weird little movie. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> So uh, the New York Times called the movie a thing, a thing of frigid beauty and twisted playfulness. Mm. Uh, kids will love the motherless hero and the plot that completely is bonkers. Adults will enjoy the uh, pagan images and deadpan humor. Yeah. So, and the other rest of the reviews I read about this were just also just swimming. Like they again they, they loved, loved it. it. Yeah. Nice. Um, I couldn't really find anything negative. That's about good. The movie, which is great. So, um, I didn't. Uh, dig too much into it but just from the reviews i saw it was just overwhelmingly positive so i didn't really feel the need to shit on it yeah i always try to find one to shit on the movie <laughs> now, yeah. there's always that one asshole ruining now it for it's everybody. our time now for it's reviews. our time do, 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 for shit reviews. On our reviews shit on our reviews so <laughs> let's go ahead and give our thoughts 10 out of 10 <laughs> 10 out of 10 what no way <laughs> would you like to go first uh, I don't. I forgot who went first last week. I think I went look first. Last I think week. you did go first last. So week. you can go. All right, I'll go first. We'll switch off. All right. All right. So <laughs> ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was funny. I liked the dark humor. It it reminded me a lot of uh, Gremlins and the Krampus yeah. that came out. So those holiday ones. This is definitely one of those ones you would watch every year. Very similar to like mm-hmm. what we talked about with the Halloween movies and trick or treat movie. Um, these are the ones that you bring out every year to watch. In my house, we watch Gremlins. We watch Krampus. We're going to watch, you know, Rare Exports now. It wasn't nearly as bloody or violent no, as I thought it was going to be. the kids would like it. it was that, yeah, yeah. The, actually, the kids would really love it. Cause Besides the, the naked all, men part. Yeah. You gotta I think watch the one that. pickaxe part to the guy's head is the only part uh, that they show. Yeah. Everything else is just all off screen, right? True. I'm trying yeah, to think of... because there's always... When someone got killed, their helmet went rolling. Went rolling. And then and you see their body getting dragged. Yeah, I think so. the one scene, the one guy got the pickaxe to the top of the head, and that then that brutal. was it. That was really the only really violent part of it. Everything else mm-hmm. was just suggested, or they showed blood on the floor or on somebody. So, And my kids, who are a little horror nuts themselves, they would love it, so they would be fine. Um, but yeah, it's one of those movies, you, and... I, I'm actually kind of pissed at myself that I let it escape me for so long because I have heard about it for a couple of years now, and it's always been one of those ones that's been on my watch list. And again, that's half the reason this podcast exists, so I can get through this shit on my watch list and actually watch it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, I would say it hangs right up there with Gremlins and stuff. It's probably not maybe as a classic you know, because mm-hmm. like there's something magical about Gremlins, like that oh, yeah. score and everything with it is Every, just yeah. like, you know, that is a really great little film. And the uh, same thing with uh, Krampus. And this is it's just 
it's on par with them. I wouldn't say it's better than them, but it or less than they are, but it's right up there with them. So I would I would say score wise, I'm gonna give this one an eight out of ten. Mm. Yeah, pretty good. I again, it the the thing that did it for me was just the total serious nature of the movie. There was never for one second the characters were questioning. Like the kid when he explained to him what was going on, they didn't weren't just like you're full of shit, yeah. you little kid. Like you don't you know dumb anything. Imagination. Like, they like, they were like okay yeah. because they'd seen crazy shit up until that point. Like this thing just shows up in this pit and like all their reindeer are dead and all this stuff. Like their whole livelihood is disrupted from Pretty this. Much. And you know, uh, they are angry. Like they. You know, it seems like this is kind of like a community type of thing where they yeah. you get the rainbow. Rally and they, together. Yeah, and they rally together because they have to. And they even uh, even covering up crimes for each other, you know, like yeah. the one guy was like, you're not going to I'm not going to say shit about this, you know, and you're not going to say anything either. Uh, and then when they were trying to chop up the body, even like how morbid is that? Like yeah. I found this body in the wolf it. pit that I dug up that I'm not <laughs> supposed to because they're illegal. You want to help me chop up this body, dude? Like, yeah. You're part you of do it. it because you're he's your buddy and they probably grew up together just like his kids grew yeah. up together you know who would really know yeah I mean, chop and it up feed it to the pigs pigs eat out, everything out there man you wouldn't that's <laughs> oh, yeah. a scary thing exactly. like yeah it's and not that type of movie but yeah this guy came from nowhere too but uh like just those little things that, that really helped build the, com- the let you see the camaraderie between mm-hmm. all the characters in this like they've been friends for so long they don't have to explain to each other when the guy goes to the guy's house and's like i need an english translator he wasn't like what the fuck are you talking about why are you dragging me out here like you know he's just like if he's coming out here and asking for my help he knows right away that especially I for need an it. english translator yeah like, exactly like what speaking. is the specific thing so th- there's all these little things like that that show like the community aspect of the film and i, I really like that a lot and i again i, I like the the dark christmas tale portion of it mm-hmm. obviously is the i love morbid christmas it's just a nice little yeah it's a little you know, twist a nice little twist regular and, happy holly jelly yeah and again <laughs> it's the direct the in the interview i read the director talked a little bit about this how like whether you're using santa as the reason to be you know the re like you better be good or santa's gonna bring you not bring you presents or mm-hmm. you better be good or santa's gonna come eat you yeah. or his elves are going to eat you like either way you're it's, using him as a vehicle for to get the children to behave pretty much you know so it it kind of plays into the same thing even it's though the, same, the, the yeah. folklore and the tradition is slightly different the results it's is the same control mechanism damn kids better go to bed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you want your toys yeah. go to bed I, I think this would be a great movie to show my kids too to show them. I'm dead i'm going to seriously tell them like this is what they this is how santa's at the mall are caught and captured oh, like God. they'll buy it too scare the crap yeah. out of them. <laughs> jesus <laughs> To start carrying that logo around. It's the a little logo, the Rare Exports that's, logo. I love that a, logo, yeah, the little bearded cool. guy. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I give it an 8 out of 10. Again, it was the seriousness, the dark humor was just awesome. It was really funny in that way. It was just, the humor was so dry. Don't go into this expecting like this hilarity, like laughing my ass off rolling <laughs> on the floor movie. Because you told yeah. me that. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be like a, a humor, this and that. It like, is. Okay, cool. And then, yeah, it wasn't. It was just a but somber, dark see, humor movie. But I do see how it was, though. Yeah. It was, yeah, it wasn't, it's pretty subtle. Yeah. And like I said, it's a little dry, but it's there. It's, it's there. I like it. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. You go ahead. You started. I'm, I'm pretty much done with my I would, spiel. So eight out of 10. I'd give it an eight out of 10. Okay. For the 
the Santa Claus horror category. Okay. Because there's a category now for for everything, everything right? I forgot about that. <laughs> I give That's that. a really specific category. There's probably only like Every a dozen films <laughs> that fit into that genre, but all right. Every movie is going to be its own category. So there's like a billion categories. Now. Okay. So, I can respect that. Every film should be, you know, yeah, measured its by its own, own merit. I agree with you. Yeah. It, uh, so yeah, this one, 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It wasn't magical and uh, super amazing, but and it took a little bit to kind of get into. It was a little slow um, in parts, right? But yeah, I mean, I liked it. The music was very well, very good, and uh, yeah, actors were great. Storyline was great. The like you said, it was almost what eight years now, yeah. nine, years, nine years, and it still looked very good. Yeah, it looked amazing. And the shot, the cinematography was. I didn't oh, yeah. mention that was beautiful. Like the landscapes and everything, the shots of the mountain ranges were it's just gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. It was the atmosphere was perfect for this type of film, mm-hmm. like that vast openness of the the you know white yeah. wilderness, that dark that frozen Arctic wilderness is just it, that's terrifying in and of itself. Yeah, you know, like, living out man, there on your own, like in that just little... so cold. I felt bad Ugh. for that kid on that net with no gloves. <laughs> no, that's why I said I could see yeah. why he would put them on. That was funny though. Oh, How about man. those kids, like just in the sacks, because like. <laughs> Just because it's like, well, uh, we can't shoot a bunch of kids in a net, so we got to figure out what we let's just put them let's in sacks and then we can sacks. just fly around with oh, whatever. Man. <laughs> that was crazy, it was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, the whole thing I love the like you said, the twist of Santa instead of out here in, in the states, it's yeah. all happy, holly jolly. I like the little darkness about it, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're a bad kid. Santa's coming. He's for coming you. for you. And those so, pictures that they showed the kids. Oh god! I love that the kid was brutal. taping the, the stuff to his ass because he's gonna get whipped from the the pictures he saw of the oh, kids man. with the bare asses all cut up from Santa spanking him. And that kid was ready. He had the he, he had like ready. the bear traps. And, yeah. Uh, in the fireplace, <laughs> his dad got pissed because he almost got killed. He had a fucking so, like, shotgun. Yeah. That kid knew what was coming. Yeah. And he was ready. And so, again, the, like we were saying, the dad didn't question his son at all. He yeah. was like, all Towards right. Towards the end, he's like, dad, listen to me. Everybody listen to me. And yeah. Like, he showed everybody. He was fucking right. He knew what was up. He did know so. what was up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, eight out of 10. Um, bravo. Yeah. I, I agree. Eight out of 10. I thought it was a really good little film. I'm surprised I let it sneak past me and I'm glad I took the time to watch it and it will be, you know, one of the staples of our, my holiday home movies that we watch. So we got Gremlins, we got Krampus, and now we have Rare Exports, and then right after that we watch It's a Wonderful Life. It's a wonderful life. I love that movie. That's a scary movie. <laughs> That's a scary <laughs> No, movie. it's a good flick. It's so so we should do a whole episode on It's a Wonderful Life. It's actually a really fascinating little tale behind that movie. All right. Yeah. I'm down. It actually that. bombed. I'll give you a little synopsis, right? Ooh, or a little preview. It actually me. bombed in theaters when it first came out. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, the reason it became a holiday classic was because it was one of those cheap ass movies that like NBC or ABC oh, could yeah. just like you could pick just up air. and just it's air so and play on nice. Christmas. And so like, that's what they did. And it just got such a cult following based on that. Cause it was always on. How perfect. Yeah. Right. It's always on. So it's now it's like air. a staple Christmas movie. So either that's way, awesome. there you go. I bet you never thought you'd get a little taste of It's a Wonderful <laughs> Life. So Teach us more, Zach. It teaches more. I will be back. So, be back. And that leads us to our next little thing. So for an update, this will be our Updates. last broadcast, podcast, live stream for the year. We're going to take a little bit of a break to 
enjoy the holidays with our family. Yes. It's because, you know, Monday nights, is, next Monday is Christmas, Christmas Eve and then Eve. New Year's Eve. And yep. we're going to be drunk by nine or eight o'clock. Yeah. So can't be slurring <laughs> the words on the podcast. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. We don't even know <laughs> yeah, a movie yeah. to watch. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we won't be back till next year. Two, three weeks or so. Yeah. And, uh, 2019. We're excited for what 2019 has to bring. Yeah. We're working on a few things, so hopefully we can get them done yeah. by then. I hope so. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep posting stuff, just not the live stream and podcasting. We'll, yeah. we'll keep everybody updated. Well, we'll let you know. On. We might end the Facebook live stream stuff and just we'll figure something out. Yeah. Let Either us way, know what let us you know. want us to do. Yeah. Help us out. <laughs> Help we are, us, please. We're just, we are just so right lost. <laughs> Should we We're try just this? swimming we in the river that? sticks. We don't even know. We'll see what what, what sticks. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, Rare Exports, go see it. Amazon Prime, 8 out of 10 for Zach. 8 out of 10 for Kyle. Excellent. Have a good evening, folks. Peace. It's a high